0: continue the um, practice of mudita, or sympathetic joy, in this afternoon meditation. And I want to just say a few words uh, to introduce it. We're going to introduce today the two people you've already worked with, um, who are the neutral person and the difficult person, but we'll warm it up as we go with other individuals that you've touched on with mudita so far. Uh, So I just want to offer a few additional comments. I know Bonnie and Sally have both talked about it, but a few additional things. I think mudita is the happiest practice within our tradition. As you know, we don't do a lot of um, ecstatic chanting and um, body dancing. So given that, this is the practice that we take in that really directly uplifts the heart. I think we overlook it often in our instructions, but to compensate, a few years ago I taught a weekend retreat on mudita at IMS on the East Coast, and I thought, oh, people will just get a little instruction on how to practice it, and I didn't realize how deep it would go for people. So someone at the end of the retreat said, it was two days, two days of mudita, said this is the happiest that i felt in years and years in my life. So if you feel drawn to this practice, I really encourage you to to do more of it. It has a great capacity to uplift us, and because of that, it's a really good ally for all the ups and downs that Vipassana practice will take us through. So it's a great friend to discover on the path. Some texts, classical texts, say that it's the most difficult of the four Brahmaviharas to practice because of the tendency to go to the far enemy. And I assume somebody's talked about the far enemy of mudita, envy, right? Because it's hard to allow other people to have their happiness as though it takes away some of ours or it sets up comparing mind. Well, if they have that much happiness, how come I don't have that much happiness? Are they a better person than I do? So this is the, um, the danger in mudita practice. But if you account for it and just allow it to be there, return the attention to appreciating, then you can deal with that. I'm not sure if I'll lead another guided Brahmavihara this retreat, so I wanna say one thing about the Brahmavihara, the near and far enemy. So there are four Brahmaviharas. Each one has the, the state itself, which is a heavenly state, divine abiding the near enemy, which masquerades as it, and the far enemy, which is an unwholesome state that's the opposite. So you take these three states by four Brahmaviharas, you have 12 different states that are contained within this teaching. I personally have found that those 12 states make a really good roadmap of the heart's responses to the world. As we encounter different situations, we're gonna respond mostly from one of these 12 states. And it's pretty well an overall map. And it's brilliant the way it's structured because the Brahma Vihara is the way, I would say, the awakened heart responds or the selfless heart responds. Maybe the most profound response that we're capable of. The near enemy is kind of the normal ego, egoic response. So when we're just based in self, this is kind of the neurotic way the self responds to the world. But it's not far off the mark, but it's, it's very much identified with selfhood. And the far enemy is the unwholesome response. You say the dark side of the heart. So I invite you to explore those, explore that roadmap as a way to respond and all the different moods and attitudes that it reveals. So with Mudita, a beautiful response to someone else's happiness is to just appreciate it for their benefit. The the response of what I would call over exuberance is like, oh, how's that going to help me? You know, my friend just inherited a lot of money. They can take me on a trip to Mexico. Um, That's just the normal ego-based response. And the far enemy is envy. Oh, I wish they hadn't gotten that money. I don't have that kind of funds or resource. How come they got it? Are they a better person than me? So it sets up suffering for ourselves, and then we can't appreciate their good fortune. So you can look through all three other Brahma-viharas as you reflect on this and see how the beautiful state, the egoic response, and the unwholesome response kind of play out. Then we'll do uh, some mudita for self as we lead into this meditation. Some classical texts say you can't do mudita for self. It's only supposed to be for other people. But the Buddha never said that. That sutta that we've referred to uh, says something like, uh, let the mudita be abundant, exalted, immeasurable to all as to myself, pervading the all-encompassing world. So in the Buddha's instructions, we are not left out of the feeling of mudita. When we practice mudita for self, what comes through, in my experience, is, is gratitude. If Even if it's not exactly gratitude, it's very close to gratitude because we're feeling the blessings of our life and we're letting ourselves appreciate that. So it's very close to a gratitude practice, which, as Aaron talked about, is a really beautiful state of mind. And I feel one that fits within the, the Brahma-viharas. One of the things that we sometimes don't think about to be grateful for is what in one tradition is called the precious human birth. All of us are enjoying right now this precious human birth. And it doesn't just mean being born a human being, which itself is is very fortunate. Um, More fortunate, say, than uh, being born in the animal realm, because although animals have many beautiful and noble qualities, they're not considered to have the capability for mindfulness, which is the basis for awakening. We all have that capability being born in the human form. Not only that, but we've been born at a time when the teachings have been declared and the teachings are being followed. So that's a rare opportunity. How many people in history have had this opportunity to liberate the mind through following an authentic path? Not so many then not only have we heard the teachings, we've understood them enough to make a commitment to them. Not only have we understood them, but we have a mind and body that are in reasonably good shape to practice them. Everyone here has these fortunate conditions. And not only do we have a mind and body that are in reasonable shape to practice them, but we have the opportunity, we have the time, the interest, and the resources to be able to devote a whole month or two months of our life to practicing the Dharma. This constitutes precious human birth. Everyone here is enjoying those conditions, and those conditions very rarely come together for a human being on this planet. You look over the whole planet and you see very few people who have all those conditions together. So we're all really, really fortunate. And it's something really helpful to consider in the, in the gratitude reflection. There may be other things in your life that are difficult. There usually are. And as we turn to our situation, sometimes we uh, focus on those and we forget all the blessings that we do have. And practicing the Dharma is a big one for all of us. Then we will move into the neutral person. You may not know the neutral person so well. You may have to do a little imagination to, to reflect what might be their sources of happiness. Maybe you can know them a little bit to be able to feel some of that and let your imagination fill in the rest. But it's important to know everybody has some access to happiness. This is kind of hard to believe when we get to all beings. uh, You might reflect on it again. All beings have some access to happiness. At least that's my experience. Even for someone who's um, suffering physical pain, there are generally times of the day when it lifts somewhat and the mind can brighten with an appreciation of that. I was um, teaching a a metta retreat one time. We got to mudita in the afternoon practice period. And there was a woman on the retreat who was a social worker in Manchester, England. And her job was tending to refugee women who had come to Manchester because of a fear of um, persecution, imprisonment, torture, whatever, in their home country. And this was the place that they had landed in their asylum seeking. Most of these women were from third world countries, from the Middle East or Africa from climates that were much warmer than Manchester, England. So I don't know if you've ever been to Manchester, but it's one of those northern industrial cities that used to be a mill town and is still full of you know, old red brick buildings, very crowded together. It has a kind of Dickens-era vibe, and it is not a beautiful uplifting spot for the human spirit. So here are these women coming from their homes and communities, and transplanted into Northern England and having to create a new life from a very difficult situation. So I asked the social worker, do you detect happiness in these women? And she, her face lit up. She said, absolutely. The resilience of their spirit is just amazing. They are so determined to make a life for themselves here and they have so much courage and strength and joy in what they're doing. So that told me that if someone from a warm country can come to Manchester and find happiness, (laughs) everybody can find some happiness. So this is helpful when we reflect on the neutral person. When we come to the difficult person, then you might run up against a similar vibe as in metta, which is um, finding it really difficult to appreciate their happiness. In metta, sometimes in the beginning, it can be difficult to wish for their happiness. Now we're being invited to reflect on their happiness. So call to mind the happiness of your difficult person and celebrate it. The heart may go through a little roadblock there. So notice if that happens, and this is, again, it's a little bit of a function of ill will at work. Um, It's not exactly, it may be called envy here, it's a little bit of a far enemy feeling. Maybe envy, but there's a little bit ill will in it. So if that arises, just notice it. As with the metta, you allow that uh, feeling to be there, the resistance to their being happy, because they're such a terrible person, they don't deserve it. Just notice if that thought is there, the roadblock is there. Let that be in the background. Continue with the intention to appreciate their happiness. Okay, I think that's enough for an introduction. We'll move into the neutral and difficult person, but we'll warm it up first. So please sit comfortably. First, just bring your attention into the heart center, the center of the chest. Let this be the avenue that you can connect to yourself through. So feel your own being through sitting here or through an image Connect with your own goodness. Remembering qualities in your character, good things you've done. Think of all the moments on this retreat when you've committed to being present to making right effort, to showing up, to allowing what's difficult, to developing love and compassion. Strong, wholesome intentions And then reflect on your life, your general situation, both here and home, and reflect on what's going well for you. What are the things in your life you feel good about And as you connect with those, say your mudita phrase to, you, to yourself. I'll just mention a few possible. May my happiness and good fortune continue. Or I appreciate the blessings in my life. or I'm grateful for my happiness and good fortune. Continuing to stay in touch with those blessings and repeating your mudita phrase for yourself. remembering that we all share in the rare good fortune of this precious human birth. And then if you're ready, bringing in either your happy person or benefactor or dear friend, wherever you feel the most uplifting connection. So as you connect with this person, make them alive in the room with you right now, feel their presence, feel their character. (coughs) And remember their good qualities. What do you like about them? What's noble? in them And then connect with the things that you know that are going well in this person's life. Whether it's their mental state, work, family, friendships, hobbies, practice, Take in all the blessings in their life. As you connect with them, some of the difficulties may come through too. Pass over those and return to connecting with the things that are going well. And then sending your mudita phrase to this person. May your happiness and good fortune continue. If you like, you can add this subclause, may they increase, may they never end. <coughs> or I appreciate the blessings in your life. Or most simply, I'm happy that you're happy. As with the metta practice, from time to time, just stop and feel in your body whatever you feel there, perhaps in the heart center, noticing whether there is a feeling of resonant joy for their happiness or any other emotions that can come, and making space for any feeling that's there and returning to the intention to appreciate their happiness. And then bringing to mind now your neutral person, perhaps the same person you've been using through metta and compassion as well, so that you're familiar with them. Connect with them as best you can, remembering what they look like, Remembering places and times you've seen them. And getting as much of a feeling for their character as you can. You don't know them well, but you can intuit some things. Feel into what you've intuited about their personality or character. If you've ever seen them looking happy, remember them with a smile on their face. and fill in a bit about what they might've been happy about. It's okay to imagine a little bit with the neutral person. Get whatever sense you can about what might be going well in this person's life. Any things you know of they might enjoy. Anything you've seen them appreciate. Expressions of friendliness, cheerfulness. Remembering that every human life has some happiness in it. And so sending your mudita phrase to your neutral person, May your happiness and good fortune continue. May they increase, may they never end. Remember that you can try the four-step process with mudita as well as with metta. Recalling the image, checking the feeling, sending the phrase, resting in the heart center. If the connection with the neutral person just feels too thin or too dry, go back to one of your other people, the happy person, benefactor, or friend. Connect again with the warm feelings for them. And come back to your neutral person when you like. And if you're ready now, you can bring in your difficult person. So bring this person to mind, say their name or see them, feel their personality If it's more comfortable for you to have them at a little bit of distance, that's fine. Across the room, that's fine. And as you connect, just notice any feelings that arise at their coming into your space. If there's unease, anxiety, resentment, Just notice those feelings are there, allow them to be there in the space. And connect with your difficult person and see if you can call to mind any of their good qualities. Sometimes this is not easy, but you may know, or you might imagine how their mother would see them. Someone could probably find good qualities. And as you connect with their good qualities, bring to mind also all the things that may be going well in this person's life. whatever sources there are for happiness, enjoyment, contentment, that are still wholesome. If this is someone who enjoys being unkind, that's not a true source of happiness, so don't bring those to mind. any wholesome sources of enjoyment. Friendships that they enjoy, family, work, hobbies. And notice as you're focusing on the things going well for them, any mood that comes with that. Is there a sense of sharing in the happiness? Is there some contraction around their happiness, some wishing that they would limit their happiness, wish that circumstances weren't quite so good. Notice the presence of those feelings without judgment, without trying to push them away, just making space for them to be there And then beginning to say your phrase for sympathetic joy to the difficult person. May your happiness and good fortune continue. I appreciate the blessings in your life. Let's continue to say it as you've said it for the other people and yourself, and then see what comes. Checking on the feeling, connecting with the heart center, seeing what you feel for their happiness. See if there's any judgment, if they're not deserving it. And let that pass through And in the last minutes of the sitting, just extending this sense of resonant joy to all beings everywhere. The sense that it can go out from your heart center to all four quarters of the world. Touching the beings in the hall, the beings on this land beings on the earth and beyond. All beings near and far, seen and unseen. All beings having a mix of pleasure and pain in life. All beings wanting only to be happy and not to suffer. For all beings, May your happiness and good fortune continue. May you appreciate the blessings in your life. May you grow in happiness, peace, and freedom.